good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And we are live. Uh, welcome to the only spark. Um, ah, see, now you, I had like this dope intro and it like screwed me up. Let me start over. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And welcome to the show that, you know, we're we other sports podcasts maybe have, you know, more pedigree, but you're not going to rook us. Right. You're not going to rook us. You're tuning into another episode of Record It's a Black. <laughs> Record that data. Take that for data. Um, you're tuning into another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I am one half of the dynamic duo. I'm A1, but I also go by Carlos. And you can also call me Dan. You can check out uh, this episode and every episode of It's a Black and White Thing at SoundCloud.com. Uh, backslash brains and bars you can check us out on itunes by searching it's a black and white thing now on google play you can go to google play and search it's a black and white thing and check us out there anthentertainment.net to check us out as well you can go to our facebook page at it's a black and white thing to uh, like the page there share subscribe comment and you can also um check us out on snapchat even though i don't really snap and you can also check us out on Twitter, although I use my main page to tweet more than that one, you know, but you know, but you can check us out there as well. And as always, I'm joined by, oh, no, no, wait, 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 before I introduce you, as always, we're here in the Clear Ear Studios slash MMP, the homie DJ Trey holding it down. And as always, I'm joined by my Cody, my Ace, A-Ward, what's good, man? What's good, 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 y'all. Go check me out, I am AWARD.com. Click the hyperlinks for all my social media accounts. Follow me on Facebook. Um, you can type in the search at Award Battle Rap. I'll pop up on there for my artist page. I'm trying to get everybody to migrate over there. Um, trying to build that up. But uh, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. It's been a productive week um, since I got back from out of town. So, but uh, but yeah, I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. I uh, can't complain. Um, you know, like work's been a beast, but you know, it is what it is on that end. Um, you know, normally just once we kind of introduce ourselves, I normally go into, uh, what I've learned this week, but this is kind of a special, I don't want to say special episode, but it's a special week in that you just returned from blackout. I don't know how many battle rap fans who listen to the show or who battle rap who listen to the show, but. Uh, but on this for for this occasion, I'm actually carving out two sections of the show for us if we get that far. Maybe we don't go for 30 minutes on battle rap, but I feel like we talk for like 30 minutes on wrestling. So I feel like we can do 30 minutes on. Yeah, battle pretty rap. sure we can. Do, do I get if I get some input? We oh no no yeah 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 yeah. You actually have some knowledge in this. If uh, I get some input, we definitely go. Yeah, you got knowledge. In I'm this actually area. the novice here, so I mean, I I will defer, <laughs> um, but I do have some observations. Um, so I I bought my first. Uh, so for those who don't know, A Ward went to Blackout Seven in Toronto. Um, I purchased my first battle rap pay per view. First of all, let me say shout out to Organic, shout out to Gully, shout out to Bishop Bragante, Avocado, who's behind the scenes doing his thing. Um, who else? Like, who was the dude who was like kind of the the commentator in between battles? I never uh, caught his name. You know, honestly, he was the first time he's ever been there. So they. They they usually had um, the guy from BattleRap.com do it, but they that guy's um, couldn't make it, so they just hired this guy, outsourced him. So, BattleRap fan, but I don't know that he w 
I've never I never really caught his name. So okay, okay, yeah, and they never like really put his name up. Um, so, but again, shout out to everyone behind the scenes. Shout out to the entire KOTD family. Shout out to my homie Clayton. Clayton's one of the guys that holds the cameras. Um, the the second angle. He's from Overland Park, Kansas. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. That's yeah, what's up. So that was pretty dope. So it was my first pay per view, like I said, and from Battle Rap. Um, I spent the thirty bucks. It was definitely worth it. I mean, it's two days worth of battles. Um, you're getting your thirty bucks worth. The camera quality was crisp. The stream was crisp. Like it dropped a few times. I forget who it was. Somebody posted from KOTD. Actually posted like during late in day two. Um, like yo, you know, when when you're not getting complaints from fans about stuff going wrong or whatever. And then all of a sudden I was like, yo, the stream dropped. Um, Hilarious. Yeah. So, you know, um, so I forget who it was, but, you know, shout out to whoever that was. I tweeted who was with KOTD. Um, but again, for the most part, the stream didn't drop. It was really crisp. It was really clear. I appreciate it because for me, someone who's a relative novice to the to the battle rap scene, um, it makes me want to buy other pay-per-views and check out how other leagues do their pay-per-views. Yeah. So, um, definitely shout out to those guys for putting on a quality product. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Mo- I haven't seen every battle, but most battle, I, most of the battles that I've seen, I've enjoyed. Um, you know, I definitely, like I said, I, I have, I had fun like watching it when I could, right throughout the day. So, um, shout out to those guys. But I kind of turned it over to you for a little bit to talk about, you know, um, Blackout Seven, your battle against DNA. Um, I mean, yeah. we can talk about these things, right? Because this is kind of yeah. like oh no 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 out. yeah definitely definitely okay okay yeah, cool, it's cool, all cool. out. I mean, obviously everything's on Twitter. Everything's you know, King of the Dot is the one one league that league that allows live updates on Twitter. Um, so URL doesn't they they will um not allow, allow any of the media or bloggers to quote bars from the event. Um, but King of the Dot allows that. So you know, for the most part, people know you know kind of how the outcomes. They know the matchups. Um, so pay per view wise, did you enjoy like? the the rolodex did you okay so so let me explain let me explain so blackout seven obviously the battle battlers know who they're facing the fans do not um and so like it's basically like like mortal Kombat on random right where you just push random and the screen kind of that has this rolodex it rolls it rolls and it stops and then like the person goes like a ward right and then the music comes out comes on you came out to rocky top did. I forget what DNA came out to. I don't know. It didn't um, matter. It was one of his songs. It didn't matter because Rocky Top had played. That's right. all I was thinking. Which I will say that was one of the best intros <laughs> that I seen, uh, that I heard that weekend. And I really did enjoy it. I didn't show. realize on pay-per-view you couldn't actually watch me coming to the stage. No, no. Like, it just kind of rolls and then it just goes, it shows your name, then the music plays. Yeah. Then they just kind of, you, you see you, you're there at that point. Yeah. And then, like, the Rolodex rolls again. carried in on a chair. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo, but for real, one of the dopest moments of that though was when the two on two happened. Oh, because yeah. like you see it, you see it, and it goes um, Marv one, right? And then it goes, and all of a sudden it rolls, and all of a sudden it goes Quest McCody, and so the crowd is kind of like, oh, okay. they're like battling each other, like right, friends. Oh right. my gosh! And so you see the reaction. All of a sudden, you I forget what the word they use, like re-imaging yeah, system or, error or, or something, something. Like and all of a sudden you see like. Quest McCody slide over to the other side and the crowd went, oh, like they went bonkers because it was like, and even I'm sitting there like, yo, like what's happening? What's happening right now? Yeah. I, I will say like that's the most genius thing about Blackout 7. It's so, it's such a fire it's idea. so genius um, and like you really, like, and you can't 
you don't fake reactions, right? Right. So if a if a matchup came up that nobody really liked, like you could you could hear like oh, I don't I don't necessarily was not amped about this person being on that card. But uh, that two on two battle is legendary, by the way. I'm just gonna say that right now. <laughs> uh, that two on two battle was probably the best battle I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm just, a, I'm just a, like, how can you not be a fan of Carter Deems and Cheddar Cheese? Right? I, it's it's, it's like, very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, very difficult. But um, yeah. So you know, so yeah, I wanted to kind of get some input on your guys in like how you enjoyed the pay per view in that light. Um, but but that's that's good. That's good feedback. Um. I uh battle wise um DNA is difficult to to write for cuz you don't know what kind of DNA you're getting you know and I uh, I try to write uh I try to write to the best of my ability and mix things up and I thought I did a good job of it we were the second battle on the first night and the first battle of the first night was probably the worst battle of the whole event so the crowd wasn't really like in battle mode yet like they hadn't been really warmed up because the first battle didn't do much for them um and uh and so i think what i noticed in that battle is just that you know the the crowd it it, it was what it was you know there was times where i felt like i could have got thrown off without getting crowd reaction um but i was very happy with uh with my content um being extreme critic to myself, there's probably three or four areas that really just irritate me when I watch it back. Um, just little like words, little words or little fumbles or little like things that probably people in the crowd would be like, I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out. Um, but for the most part, it's a huge win for me. One, because DNA was the best DNA people I've seen in a while. Um, two, because DNA was happy with his performance, so he's going to share the battle to all his thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers, so it's going to get me more um, recognition on that end. And three, because I, I didn't lose. You know, like, I, I, you can't watch it and say he definitely lost. I don't, I don't feel like, you know, and I feel like that's the understanding from everybody's point of view, that people have either said A-Ward took it two-to-one, debatable, 2-1 either way, you know, but nobody's saying, like, you know, oh, he got washed, you know, or anything like that. So um, to go back-to-back and battle, like, Real Deal and DNA, who are both two of the, you know, quote-unquote legends in battle rap, and to battle them on their A game and to have debatable high-replay value battles, I mean, what could you ask for anything else, you know? I mean, that's it, it was dope, man. It was dope. And then, like, it's so awesome battling second. Um, and then just getting to enjoy the rest of the weekend. Oh, so glad. I was so glad I battled Friday. I was so glad I battled second. I was just, yeah, it was just, it made it so much easier to just take the rest of the night off, chill the whole next day, just kick it, you know, so that was awesome too, so. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, I think watching, so the last battle I saw DNA before Blackout was against Loso on Bullpen. Yeah. Um, and, Again, I'm a novice, so I don't know about DNA's history. Or I, I honestly, I mean, I know the fact that people talk about that he's a legend, right? That mm -hmm. he's, you know, this, that, and the third. And so when I watched him battle Loso, like, I mean, to be completely honest, I was not impressed. Right, right. Um, but I, I do feel like in this battle against you, like, I was like, yo, when I. So I didn't catch you live because I was at the movies. And mm -hmm. I think they started like an hour later than they said they were. Yeah. And um, we're on Eastern time, too. Yeah, yeah. So like it was about nine o'clock 
when you guys were I caught like the end of your third, right? And you went second, so that was the end of the battle. And so like later that night, like I think I couldn't sleep. So like one in the morning they had day one stuff up. So I'm watching it and I'm like like from DNA's first round, like this is a completely different cat that battled Loso. Yeah. Completely, it was like night and day, and I'm like, "Yo, he's bringing it." And I think the A Ward, if you see like the interview, the after interview, you were very accurate in your assessment. Like, uh, people should continue to book you because they know that whoever you book me against, they're coming with their A game. Yeah. When you battle real deal, that's the best real deal I had seen in a mm-hmm. while. Yeah. And when you battle DNA, that's the best DNA I've seen minus. When he do the two on two, yeah, because with him and Kayshawn together, yeah. they they're fire. Yeah. But D, uh, DNA by himself, he came with it, and you knew, you know. You and let's knew be honest, was... that's the best Saint Mike anybody's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, shout out Saint Mike. Uh, yeah, shout out uh, but anyway, well, uh, chess, Saint Mike chess. Yeah, I mean that was a great battle, but he's and still Anubis. Yeah, Anub- I can't. You uh, can't he he bodied Anubis. Though. Yeah, like that was that was disrespectfully. Yeah, you know, bad. All right, it we're talking about people that made it to blackout. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's a yeah. that's a credit to you yep. that, that 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 you know that these people not only are taking you seriously, but they they're ready to come for a fight. You know what I'm saying, and that's a good thing to have. I always tell myself when I make when I approach battles is I'm battling my last performance, I'm battling my best performance, and I'm battling everybody else's performance on the card. You know, and you know Blackout had 13 battles, I believe. So you know there's there's 26, and then you got two more. So there's 28 battlers. You know, honestly, I think I was top five of the 28 battlers. You know, as far as like my performance and my bars and content. You know. And to say that, it's like even if the guy that I'm battling, you consider him to be fourth or sixth or whatever, you know, like, you know, that's kind of the approach I'm going at it too is just like I would have beat almost everybody else, you know, that night. And so um, – and I I personally think I beat DNA. Um, but, but yeah, um, like you said, bro, he's, he was just – I mean, obviously me and Loso, he battled Loso in December or November, so – Four months ago, five months ago, um, he took some of the same exact angles. Like he, I mean, he did the whole, you know, on Friday night you're shooting guns, and on Sunday you're praising Jesus. Had absolutely no. I'll just break down the battle for you if you want me. Do you want me to break it, break down exactly how I feel it went? Uh, I think you can do that. I think you can do that. Okay, so, um, so I felt like round one that we both, um. That 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 crowd reaction wise, we both started off kind of slow, um, but he had a little bit more with some of his little punchlines that he threw in, and I just kind of got, um, I kind of got nothing and something here and there, and then we both ended our first rounds amazingly. Like I think from the minute that I I said like you battle every two weeks to you know the next bar being about um the reality check the PG killer. The tire blowout bar, the um, uh, the ending, the bebop rock steady, and the hundred battles to eight, like everything was a like crazy crowd reaction at the end of every bar, you know. And the way he ended his was crazy too. Um, the reason I think I took round one is because the de- that the slow start that I feel like we both had, mine was just better. Like it, the crowd wasn't rocking with it because it wasn't like spoon fed, but it was just it literally is like. 
you said Madflex tweeted and some other people thesaurus tweeted and stuff is like yo this crowd is really sleeping on some crazy stuff a ward is saying right now and it's like yo that's dope to me to to hear you say that i started the round slow and me knowing that i spit a double scheme with two punch lines you know i spit a Shawn michaels hbk bar that had double meanings that was like a visual that was a performance bar like if that's slow if that's my slow stuff i'm doing something right i wanted to come through the computer screen after the the dub the the double stranded mm-hmm. you know stuff with the nwx mm-hmm. and the uh the king the, queen the, twin fool yo i wanted to come through the screen on that and like y'all giving that nothing, nothing. That was the craziest. But line. then like DNA says, ratchet on set like Jermaine Dupree, and it's just like, you know, the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. So, part of you has to understand that the casual fan watches battle rap. Not everybody's a battle rapper. Not everybody, you know, there are novices like A One. You know, so it's not it, it's it it's not for everybody. But at the same time, it's like from a blogger standpoint or from people that really watch battle rap, I'm sitting here like, if you think that was slow, like. I got the first round. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah. And I also, like, I go into, like, my personal preference mm-hmm. is more for, like, scheming yeah. and lyricist stuff. Like, mm-hmm. but some people go into it who just want to hear, like, I'm from the streets, how hard can I hit? Right. Stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know. It's a preference thing sometimes. Yeah. I like, I really like. Hold oh. on one second. Before you do that, before you do that, I'm gonna cut you off because we're getting ready to hit our first, our first little break. Right oh, cool, cool, cool. I'm cool, trying cool, cool. to no. actually do like the 15 minute thing oh. that I've been trying to do for like ever. All right, so I can I can help you with that since I'm actually looking at the time. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll work yeah. On that so we're probably like around the seven, 18, 19 minute mark because like the, with Eight, the intro, yo, know, the intro, I didn't start until I actually got into topic. So. So with that said, we're going to take a break, but I'm going to ask a question because you guys have hit on something that I've wanted to ask you since blackout. Um, you talked about, and I agree that there were bars of yours that were slept on that that people like the Sweet Chin music thing. I was like, yo, like, do you guys not watch wrestling at all? Right. Like, I mean, you, we're in Toronto, home of the hearts, you know, but whatever. Shawn Michaels ruined Bret Hart's career. I mean, well, that may have been react. why. That may have been why. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I'm, I want to ask this question as we go into the break, and then you can answer it cool. coming out. Do you feel the need to... I don't want to say dumb down, but simplify, simplify your schemes and your punchlines so that they hit harder. All right. So I want you to think about that. We're getting ready to go into our first break. Um, getting ready to go into our first song. Um, today, to the first what three or four weeks we've done this has been all been by one artist. This is the first week we're actually breaking it up. Um, in part because of the second song we're going to play. So I'm going to blame that on him when we get to him. <laughs> um, but this first joint is by the homie Suede. Um, this joint is called The Balcony Freestyle. Uh, you can go to soundcloud.com slash sway underscore T-R-B-L. That's terrible to go check this out. This joint is dope. Dude is from Florida. He's up in Chicago now doing his thing. So, again, you're listening to Sway. This is Balcony Freestyle. And you're listening to It's a Black and White Thing podcast with A1 and A War. Exceeds must her madness. That's the badness in her life. Yeah. Uh. 
It's a black and white thing. That was the homie Sway with the balcony freestyle. Once again, you can go to SoundCloud.com under um, SoundCloud.com backslash Suede underscore terrible T-R-B-L to go check out his entire project, Alumni. That mug is so dope. Listen, I was up doing uh, summer school work when his album dropped. And when it dropped, um, I started streaming it. Three songs in at 2 in the morning, I went and bought the album. <laughs> like the mug was that dope, right? Three songs in, I went and bought the album. So, um, so yeah. But again, so we're back. It's a black and white thing with A One and A War, and I ended that last that first segment asking you a question of: Do you feel the need to simplify your rhymes or your punches because of the fact that so many of them? There were so many in that battle that people are going to watch on watch on can or watch the replay and go, "Yo!" But live, like I was like, "Yo, what? Are you, where's the reaction?" Right, right, right. Um, yes and no. Um, I'm not like I, I kind of feel for people like Chilla Jones. Like Chilla Jones is like all like that type of writing. And he used to ask that question. Actually, what what inspired me to ask that was that the gentleman who was doing the commentating asked Chilla mm-hmm. that question, that exact same question. Yeah. So I feel bad for people like Chilla because he really has to go in and reconstruct how he writes. Me. I don't just do, like, the deep word. Like, obviously, I have funny stuff. Like, obviously, I have punchlines and stuff. What I think I need to do more of is not string together 4, 8, 12, 16 bars of that type of material, you know, and rather rather keep it fresh and say, yo, if I'm going to do something that's a crazy scheme or whatever, make sure I got a, a, a relatable punch or some kind of lighthearted something that's going to catch the crowd coming, you know, or whatever to keep the momentum of what's going on, you know. Um, also, I need to do a better job of, um, you know, like DNA did, um, uh, the, the, um, the mental ward thing, you know? And so he ran it back and the crowd said it with him, you know, I think there were, per- there were times where I could have done stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know, but I, but I didn't because I was just ready to get to the next bar or whatever. Like at the end, you know, when I had the, um, um, uh, the uh oh right before we get to uh the the flat earthers you know the flying forgiveness like you know i could have went back and said you know this new wave ain't the type to attract surfers everything we put out dope trap workers you know i could have had the crowd doing it you know and so i think that there's little like veteran moves like that that give you the feel but i don't think i have to dumb it down necessarily because you know they love me for what for what i bring and what i you know in the on cam everybody was like not sleeping on those bars like people back home and people that weren't in the building were just like, "Yo, those bars was crazy." So, um, 
But no, just got to kind of understand your crowd, you know, understand your crowd, understand where you're going to be um, and mix it up and keep it fresh, um, especially your opponent. Like, I mean, somebody that I want to battle one day uh, one day in the near future is JC, and JC is, like, uh, the best at, like, being deep and crazy wordplay and, like, relatable at the same time. And so, like, he is, like, lethal when it comes to, like, battling because – he literally can explain it to you while he's saying it like the most intricate way, you know, possible and crowds just love it. So, um, yeah, I just kind of need to, you know, get, get my, uh, my footing right. You know, I've only been in the batter's box a few times, <laughs> so I think it just comes with time. So, yo, so real quick, cause I want to shift because I want to spend the rest of this next piece kind of talking about favorites that we've all watched over the last couple of days. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to put a pause on the uh breaking down each round. Is oh, it no, possible? No, yeah, no, is no. it possible for people still to still kind of go and pay for it if they want to to watch? Oh yeah, it? it's actually cheaper now too. So 20 bucks. Oh, oh word? Yeah. Oh word? Okay, okay. I'm going to remember that for next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nah, but, but okay, okay. But so they can go to kotd.tv. Yep. Still go to kotd.tv. It's up for two more weeks after two weeks. I think that's when they start dropping the battles. Um so you'll get it for two weeks now. Um, on demand battles for twenty bucks. So okay, that's what's up. So I want to get into guys that we watch. I think you guys, obviously, you were there. I think Trent has watched more battles than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go first of guys that I really enjoyed watching. Um, uh, I mean the two on two. Like I said, I said in the moment, I was like, um, Cheddar, Cheddar, and and Carter Deems are two of the most stereotypically white guys I've ever <laughs> seen in a battle rap like it was like literally like if you just took two white guys and was like hey can you rap can you rap can you be witty and funny with it okay cool come on right so i kind of poo-pooed that battle at first um but shout out to those two guys and quest and marv one i went back and watched it i thoroughly enjoyed it once i sat back and watched it kind of without my own preconceived notions of what i thought it should look like um because again that was one of my favorite moments was seeing that two on two announce yeah that was kind of like an old moment for me um, Loso Jess Gems, I really enjoyed. Um, I thought that Gems, like his persona, his personality shines. Oh yeah, like it's hard for you to dislike that dude when he's battling. Yeah. Um, because of the way his charisma comes across, and I tweeted him like, "Yo, first time watching you, I really enjoyed it. Like I'm going to be looking f- and checking out more of your stuff." Um, I checked out some of the first part of his blog. His recap, yeah. Um, he was, he is. I mean, he's a funny dude, man. He's just naturally funny. funny cat. Um, obviously the title hold on, match. Hold on, there's, there's a recap. Yeah, yeah. Just Gems, he did a recap <laughs> of five minute, thirty five minute recap. I'll, I'll probably go watch all thirty five minutes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's got yeah, a funny line about A Ward in there yeah, as well. He did have a, he, yeah, he had a funny, a funny A Ward bar in there. So, but yeah, so um, obviously the title match. The title match for me, I didn't. I can't believe so many people are upset. Like, a lot of people are mad about so mad. had Ice. And I feel like Ice, again, I feel like Ice with the third. I feel like Ron got the first. I feel like Ice got the second. And when it came to the third, like, that Toronto that Toronto scheme, bro, like, when he did it, I was like, yo. Yeah. And, I, I mean, to give it, like, a boxing analogy, I feel like. It was a he, knockout. Punch. It was a. It was. If, if it was a knockout, it wasn't completely knockout right. because Ron's third is crazy. Yeah. But I feel like it was a he knocked him down. Rome got out of the round, and then in the final round, Rome lands some heavy punches, but he doesn't get the knockdown. Yep, he doesn't get the knockdown, and that's why I feel like Ice won. I, he won the chain fair and square. Yep, um, and people are upset, but those are the ones that stood out to me. So I turn it over to you guys for the rest of the time. Um, 
I enjoy. I watch uh, most battles. I I am upset about the no shows. Uh, I would like to see some of those battles actually take place. Um, um, however, uh, I really did enjoy some of those battles. I will say this: nobody can outrap daylight when he is on. When he is rapping and he is doing his thing, nobody is better than daylight. The dude is just mad creative. Like his schemes are crazy. Like he he and his persona helps like the fact when he is punching and he punching your light like he's punching your lights out. Like and sometimes people are sleeping because he got a bar on top of a bar right. wrapped in a punchline. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that battle, but just for daylight. Cortez, I mean, you did your thing, but like it, like daylight beat you, and he didn't say nothing about you, bro. Yep. He didn't say nothing about you, so that was a good one. Of course, Carter Deems and Marvel, and that's amazing. That was amazing. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, uh, Aftershock and Jeffrey may be the worst battle that I have ever seen <laughs> on on KOTD. Like that may be because I thought it was. Bender versus Peanut <laughs> because Peanut washed Bender. Yeah, but that Jeff that was just that was just a rough battle to see. Now I, I didn't see that one. I didn't. It was the very first battle. I know. Like I, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't. Jeffrey it, had one of my favorite bars of the night though in that battle. He uh, said I got. He said I learned how to fight in jail, and he said, uh, "What did he say?" Um, oh, he said I would want. He said I got. I got the yard wound up like fruit by the foot. Oh yeah, I remember. That. I do remember that bar. Yeah, and I and still and still I passed. Um, yeah, I still I passed. Um, but I I'm on the other end of the title match, right? Okay. I, although let me say this, I was watching it and I got to the third and I didn't finish. Uh, had Ice's third, so that's probably on me. I yeah. probably need to go watch that. But Roan was cooking. He came for the first first. I mean the first uh, round. He cooked. I mean, he came out on fire. His first and second were dope to me. Now, like I said, I'll, I'll recuse myself till I go finish the rest of it. So I can see how it could be, you know, debatable. But let me go check out the third before I, I 100% say that. Man, yeah. that third. I mean, the third. That's I, the battle. The third yeah, is the battle. Yeah, the third is the battle. And that and that bar was just so impactful, bro. And, like, I mean, A-Ward has said, like, people, they're booing in the yeah, building. Yeah, it didn't translate on cam as well. Yeah, because I didn't hear it. I didn't yeah, hear like the booing. Literally, fans are, like, booing Ice. Like, so if, I don't I guess you don't understand the context of the bar, right? Mm. So, like, Head Ice basically turns this four-bar scheme in, and he basically, like, turns bad guy and starts calling, like, people from Toronto, like, Wimps, but like wimps in the version of the P word. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, yeah. Carter Deems enjoys. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So like, you. and he's like, y'all are a bunch of, you know, and like everybody's like, what is going on right now? And it's like two or four bar build up, and he's like, this country, this yada yada yada, and then the fans are just like, it's complete silence. Like you start hearing people boo, like like total like disbelief, and he's just like, what y'all ain't like that ish. Well, then why are there two chains around the mother that wrote that like that? And he, like, took a bar, like, from, like, four years ago when Rome was battling a Canadian dude before he was champ and just dogged the dude on being from Canada. And so he took Rome's Jeez. bar from, like, four years ago and said it to Canadians, and they didn't, like, they didn't do it. They didn't, couldn't register yet. Yeah. And so they think ICE is just dissing them. Right. 
And then they're like, boo, you know, boo. And he's like, the wider two chains around the homie that wrote that, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. And I watched that live and I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you just, right. you just throwing it away. And yeah, then he, he did, I was like, yo, <laughs> yeah. yo. Okay. Jim's so, recap of that is hilarious too. So, so, so I should probably just stop talking until I go watch. Right. Yeah. You need to watch that third. Okay. So, all right. But yeah, there was a crazy battle. This is the first, this is one of the few. Uh, events that I really enjoy or was looking forward to multiple battles. Yeah, on on the card and for especially for a two day event, like it was worth like most of those battles were actually pretty dope. Yeah, you know so. Yeah, no, no, it's a good event, man. Um, I was uh I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it live. I enjoyed you know uh, the camaraderie I was able to have with Loso and chopping it up with him while he was in town. Um. You know, these guys are all, like, really legit dudes outside of the battle rap, too, for the most part. You know, there's a couple of them that are just weirdos. Like, I mean, you can't talk to Disaster without him being just a flipping weirdo. Um, disaster was so Shout out to Disaster. Like, you know, he's never he was, had anything bad to say about he, me. But, like, so disappointed. the minute you walk up to him, like, he's talking about, you know, his bloodline and, you know, and epitomology and numerical systems and, you know, how numbers mean everything and, Aaliyah and Tupac and uh, who is the other numerologist? He's a numerology. He's Druze. Is that what it's called? There's Druids or Druids? I don't uh, don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But he started telling me about how Tupac, Aaliyah, and oh, I forget who else. All three died on. They're all born on the 16, and 16 is a specific number for something. And all three of their killers were born on the 19th. And then and people that are born on the 19th are supposed to take out people that are born on the 16th. Anyway, so these are the kind of conversations that you have with disaster every during every p- part of the day. Like catch him on the elevator, catch him at two a.m. So yeah, but for the most pe- like part, part, you know, all the battle rappers are cool. Everything's cool. Um, uh, um, it's just dope to hang out with them, man. Everybody from different regions, different things. If you didn't know, Marv One's on Eight Mile, so go check out, watch Eight Mile. Marv One actually battles Eminem in the outtakes and the. Uh, yeah, he's like one of the B-roll footages. He actually battles Eminem um, in uh in like a legit freestyle battle that they had for B-roll footage. Um, is that is that is that the one where they're outside his job? I'm not sure. It might be because there's there is footage in Eight Mile where Eminem is outside his job and they're like kind of freestyling and it's not like his homies. It's like a, some cats from like his job. They're like going back and forth. It might be. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have to check that out. Right. Have, yeah, I will have to find it, but uh. But yeah, just some little known facts there. Um, but no, good event, man. Looking forward to the next one. Looking for this, forward to the battle to drop. And uh, thank you guys for supporting um, uh, and for you know copying the pay per view and everything just goes up from here. So yeah, man. Like I'm trying to be in Toronto. The next time you're in Toronto, I wanted to go this time, but Easter weekend. Uh, yeah. Well, Easter. My wife kind of gave me the clearance, but I think there was something with work, like. I wanted to go to South by Southwest. I wanted to go to Toronto. And I think, oh, no, it was personal because my grandmother, she was sick. Yeah. And I didn't know how things were going to turn out with that. So, like, um, I was like, well, I should, just in case something breaks and I got to actually spend that bread to go back right. home, I needed to kind of save up for that. But, yeah, man, it was it's uh, it was dope. It's funny. In Toronto, Good Friday is a national holiday. So everything shut down on Friday. Wow. Well, <laughs> you know, Friday we're battling. Like Walmart's not open, malls not open, no liquor stores are open. So a whole bunch of battle rappers and they can't go to the liquor store. They can't go. They're all freaking out and mad. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up, man. But again, shout out to KLTD, man. Like, and if you want to go get the battle, 
Yep. Go to KOTD.TV to go cop that mug. Um, like I said, it's only 20 bucks now, so it's worth your time. Um, if we get a chance, maybe after the show, like we might go live and just kind of have you break down rounds two and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just because we didn't get a chance to finish that. But we're getting ready to get into this second song of the day. I did, I actually was allotted five minute extra minutes for y'all to talk, but y'all kind of finished at the 15 minute mark. Hilarious. Uh, you know what? Uh, just an update. Uh, Marv One actually battled Eminem in the movie. He was actually uh, in one of the uh, actual performance uh, shots. There is a clip on YouTube of Marv One versus Eminem in the Eight Mile Battle. It is a deleted scene, though. Gotcha. So uh, it's a two-minute clip. Uh, Marv One is less chunky <laughs> and less bearded. <laughs> so he Larry. looks very weird. <laughs> but, uh, yes, there's a two-minute deleted scene of him in the actual uh, battling venue rapping. Nice. That's what's up. That's what's up. So um, that's been like our Blackout 7 recap coverage, man. So um, if you rock with Blackout 7, you're a battle rap fan, um, let us know what you think, man. Hit us up at twitter.com, brains and bars, um, or on the Facebook fan page, or look, I am search I am A Ward um, on Twitter. Find him there if you want to holler at him about you know about the battle, man. So um, coming up next, man, the second song of the day. This is a song that kind of ruined like everything my plan for the music selection for this episode. This is a uh, this joint is called Save Me by Sean C. Johnson. Um, I think we need to find. I probably need to go to the the fan page and post the video to this because that mug is fly. like that video is super dope, super dope. So this next joint, like I said, is Save Me from Sean C. Johnson. And you listen to it's a black and white thing with A One and A Ward. Fall in love with me. No, it's only five words. I'm just trying to see if I can make this thing work. I'll be honest, love. It's been hard out here for me. Every time I open up, seems to end in heartbreak. Oh my god, it go again. Thought it'd be more, but I'm still friends. MVP at friends on. I don't need no more friends. So just unfollow me on Instagram. I'm probably talking about you. I can admit that I'm not okay, and I need the Lord to save me. Yo, let me tell you something. So first of all, let me let me get the the, the particulars out of the way. That was "Save Me" by Sean C. Johnson. You can go cop that. That is live on iTunes right now. You can go cop that at all did maybe all digital outlets. I don't know. I have iTunes, so I don't know about all other digital outlets. Um, go to seancjohnson.com backslash music. If you want to go straight to his site, if you go to SeanCJohnson.com, you can go check out the video. Like it's on his homepage. It says Crazy click here. Video. That video, like whoever creatively came up with that man should be slapped. I hit him up, was like, yo, you need to be slapped for the song and the visuals. <laughs> John, his, I mean, for real, like it's a, I, I'm not trying to really overhype or oversell it. It's just really creative how he did that. And the thing is, is that like if you go listen to the song or if you, just in that little bit of a clip, like this song is about being curved. Like, it's about being curved. And, like, this is a joint that I want to play with my wife in two-step to. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you run into some joints that are just, like, the not only want to say the opposite of love or anti-love. Like, 808 and Heartbreaks, you throw on Paranoid, I'm dancing. 
Like when me and my wife renew my vows, Paranoid is going to be played at least hourly during the reception because it's such a dope song um, to dance to. And Paranoid is about a chick who just, you know, is paranoid about what her man is doing. So, you know, but shout out to Sean C, man. Like, I met him. Uh, we went to Cash Hollister's joint yeah. up in um, Salina. Was mm-hmm. it Salina? Yep. yep. Yep, cool dude. Um, so shout out to him. Dope joint. I actually went and bought this joint today because I, I spent all afternoon listening to it. So anyway. Uh, shout we, out to him for getting the placement on Greenleaf, too, a couple yeah, weeks he's ago. Yeah, he's had a couple of joints on Greenleaf. I've seen him tweet about that a few times yep. about his songs making it onto the show, including one time where I feel like they didn't give him his credit for it. Yeah, yeah, he had to chase him down. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, shout out. Oh, Oprah? Heck. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to him, man, getting placements. That's what's up. I need to have somebody on. See, we need to get Craig Smith on from Unlabeled because they are, like, at least in Kansas City, they're kind of like the placement. Yeah, they are. Uh, people. Him and Stephen Cooper. Yeah, so we need to get him on, man. So, um, But, yeah, so shout out to Sean C. Johnson. Once again, the song is Save Me. Go to SeanCJohnson.com slash music if you want to go buy it directly from his site or go to iTunes, Google Play, and go grab the mug and check out the visual and thank me and thank me later. Thank me later. So anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to start talking some NBA playoffs, man. I think right now I kind of looked. The Bulls are getting waxed right now. They were down, you know, like seven or eight in the first quarter. I haven't checked in a while. So maybe, Trent, you can give me kind of an update what's popping with the game at some point. But – 42 36 uh Celtics. Yep, they're uh, up. A minute okay. 50 left in a second. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So, you know, um the Bull well we, before we get to the Bulls cuz we're going to talk about that. We'll get to that game. We'll the get game. to that Bulls later. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> how how does it how does the motto go? Bullpen battle league. Bullpen battle league. <laughs> Bullpen over bulls. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. So shout out to Loso. Yeah. Um, and shout Stop. out to John John Adonis. Yeah, yeah. Um, NBA playoffs. One thing I do want to say really quickly, man, like, you know what? I'm gonna say that. Let's just get a let's go into the OKC versus uh the Houston Rockets. Y'all know I'm a I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. I'm a stand. I make no no bones about that. That's my dude. Um what was it Sunday? Was it Tuesday night? Tuesday night? Wednesday night? I forget which day it was, but they take on the Houston Rockets game to OKC is balling. They're doing their thing. They have a double. Ah, uh, yeah, they might have been up by double digits at a certain point. Third quarter, Rush tries to take a break. Going into the fourth quarter, they start to lose control of the game. Russ plays the entire fourth quarter. Has a playoff triple-double, I think, 51-13-10, but 4-18 in the fourth quarter. Um, he looks horrible. He was actually he was tired. Like if you really want to be real about it, he has a horrible quarter. Houston Rockets come back, win the game to take a 2-0 lead, and I believe they played tonight. Uh, well, yes, they played tonight because I wanted to be at that game, but because my friends are lames, <laughs> I'm not at the game. Um, but so I ask you, I start by asking you: Did Russ even 51, 13, 10 stat line, four of 18, fourth quarter? Did he have a good game? In game two. I didn't. I didn't catch the game. Um, I got home late that night and saw the stat line because I saw it tweeted on um, that he had the 51, 10, and 13. So I thought naturally, oh well, let's go see if they won. You know, it was my first reaction because I didn't even know who won the game. Um, so I got there, saw that he that they lost, saw that he had nine turnovers. I think it was something. I think it was around nine yep. nine turnovers. Yep. Um, I got home and my roommate, you know, basically told me kind of what you just said there. Like I said, it looked like Russell went off. You know. He's like, yeah, did you see the fourth quarter? And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, he literally, like, was, like, four for 15, and he was chucking up threes, and he was trying to get fouled shooting threes, and it was just 
it, they were like it, it was like it, it was literally ugly like you know like in the in the game was close you know so like i didn't know if it was more of like he didn't trust his teammates or his teammates See, so i didn't know he like sat in the third like you said and they kind of you know but to me what it looks like is that going into the fourth quarter they were still winning the game they were they were still up but the game they were losing control of the game like it was the tide was turning against uh, Oklahoma City. Tide or was it? Uh, it was not momentum. Oh, okay. It was not momentum. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not momentum. Just wanted to see, you know. They were making, they were making plays. They were making plays. The crowd, home crowd, was getting more and more into the game. And when you're, like, when you can shoot threes, like we have a team that can hit threes, like nothing is more. Either that or getting dunked. Demoralizing. Dunk on. Yeah, nothing is more demoralizing when when team because it's like the energy. It's like when the shot goes up, and these you're used to these guys making it. You can hear the crowd going oh, and when it splashes, then they go bonkers. And again, we talked about this last year with OKC and and uh, the Warriors. Mentally, that takes a toll on you. Like when guys are making buckets, they're making shots. It puts the pressure on you. That's what happened in game one with Houston. Houston was not making their threes in the first half. Second half, they come out and start bombing away from three, and it just cha- it became a blowout real quick. Yeah. This same game, they're up. Um, the Thunder can't score. They're rushing their shots. They're rushing through sets. They can't score, and the Rockets are coming down, and um, they're getting alley-oop dunks off the of pick and roll with Eric Gordon. Um, you got Patrick Beverly, who – I would absolutely try to fight. <laughs> yeah. Like his game, his game is guy at pickup that you end up squabbing with yeah. because of how hard he plays. And I would have I would get washed by Patrick Beverly, by the way. So <laughs> let, let me put give, give no illusion that I would win that fight. But he's hitting threes. And now you got Eric Gordon hitting threes. Ryan Anderson, who couldn't make a shot, is now hitting threes. And it's just Russ is trying to save the day. Like he's literally putting on a cape. Here I come to save the day on his mighty mouse, Captain Save a Thunder, and it's just it's not working. Yeah, it's I not mean working. yes, I guess I mean since I didn't watch the game, I really couldn't see it in context. You know, like I, I, I to me like when it's one fifteen to one eleven, like I envision this like one possession game back and forth through the last eight minutes, and it's like if you're chucking up threes and stuff like that, you know, I I, I kind of would look at it like, yo, what are you doing? This is just a one possession game. Like chill. You know, if you're down six or eight all of a sudden because, you know, your team is looking like they've lost it and you got to spark something and you're chucking something up, then I might look at it a little bit different in context. But um, uh, I think that now they haven't handed out the MVP award yet. We won't know who won the MVP until June 26th. So the M- the NBA is on their NFL thing. So have they already voted? They've already voted. Votes are in. Oh. We won't know who won the award until June 26th. So they're handing out awards at the end of the season. Oh, but they've already voted. Okay. So yes. I was wondering, you know, like the Rock or the Thunder get swept, say the Rockets win another series, you know, what's that look like for the MVP? Yeah. But if it's already voted upon, then you know I think what Westbrook's good, but um I don't know, man. You look at you look at James Harden's stat line, you got 35 points, you got 25 less shots. Um you probably got seven less turnovers and you're just like at what expense, you know, but you also have probably a better group of guys around him. Yeah, so and I think you see that especially in that third quarter, fourth quarter where he they made some a lot of that run at the end of the third into four into the fourth with him on the bench. So you've got Eric Gordon running the pick and roll. You've got Lou Williams handling the ball, right? And then you get James coming in and now you've got three guys who you know can handle the rock. 
not including Patrick Beverly. I can even include him. Not that he's a, a scoring threat per se, but it's just someone else who can run that pick and roll, who can get into the paint, and as you collapse, now you got shooters everywhere. And Russ has competent shooters, but not great shooters. Right. Um, they miss Deion Waiters. Like, I hate to say this, but Deion Waiters was a guy last year who could handle the ball and could be counted on to do something with it when he got it. And you don't have – like, Oladipo is a nice player, but he's not Deion in the fact that you can give him the ball and say, okay, make a play. Right. Or do break down the offense and get someone and, – and the defense start to scramble and then we get an open shot. Um, James Harden had 35 points, but a lot of that was free throws. He's a human – He's a human fouling machine, and yet he gets people to, to – he draws yeah. fouls. 18 to 20 from the line. Now, is this a 3-6 or is this a 2-7? 3-6. 3-6. Yep, 3-6. So, six. I mean, I guess you can look at the bright side of this game being a four-point game. You know, they say that you're not in trouble in the playoffs until you lose a home game. Oklahoma City hasn't lost a home game yet. You know, um, maybe it's something to build upon. If they get a win tonight, you know, they might be in good shape. So, yeah. don't know. But we'll see. One thing I will say, because I don't think that the Rockets will win a game. I mean, the I'm sorry, the Thunder will win a game against the, the Rockets. One thing I do hope to see in the offseason is for Billy Donovan and the top brass to say, okay, look, Russ, we got the, we got the triple-double. You got the record, potentially MVP. Now we need to start working on seeing if we, what we can do to get Steven Adams comfortable trying to do something in the post. Cantor's already a really skilled guy. Let's run some more pick and pop with right. Taj. Like Taj can hit those fifteen footers. Yeah. Um, let's see if we can either draft a guy or get a guy for agency who can who can get you off the ball. Because yeah. I think a, a part of Russ's game that he doesn't use enough is that he can go into the post and handle and body smaller defenders. Right. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that in the off season that they will work on diversifying the offense. Yeah, that makes sense. Somebody somebody ask they can maybe spread some stuff around too, you know. Get some better shooters. Like they got Doug McDermott, but they need better three point shooters. Right, right, right. Someone asked you this question. Ricky asked me this question on the radio last week. Well, it's probably not worth the question asking then. Nah, I think this is a good question. Really? If you had to build a team around KD or Russ, who do you who would you take? Uh, Russell Westbrook. Wow, we agree on that. Yeah, and that's just because of the 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 mentality that Russell plays with. You know, if I could build around him, you know, like um, I think that I could put together the pieces easier, you know, for his alpha dog mentality than it would to be able to find an alpha to go with Kevin Durant. You know, like I could find the secondary pieces to come and build around Russ easier than I could, you know, uh, Kevin Durant. Um, I think that Kevin Durant is better all-around basketball player than Russell Westbrook, but um, I think if I was starting a team, it would, it would be easier for me to build around him. Absolutely agree. That was the same thing I said is that, I mean, Kevin Durant wants to be on a great team, mm-hmm. and if you if he doesn't have a Steph Curry, if he doesn't have a Russell Westbrook or Klay Thompson around him, a Draymond, I don't know if, if you put him in Oklahoma City, I don't know if they do as well. Yeah. Um, so Durant yeah. doesn't want a statue of himself outside. He just wants to go to the parade. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. I mean, I've talked about him being a beta player, but being someone that I would want on my team if I had it in an open draft like I, and I had the second pick, like I would more than likely take him. Yeah. But I think if you give me the option of saying you can only have one of those two, I'm right there with Westbrook. Yeah. So real quick, uh, the Chicago Bulls, um, they're losing right now to the Boston Celtics, but they are up 2-0 in that series. Rajon Rondo is out indefinitely with a broken 
Thumb, I believe it is. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and he had been con- – game two, he controlled that series. He's the best player on the – well, the most important player on the floor. He understands their offense because he used to play for the Celtics and Brad Stevens. Yeah. So he was jumping lanes. Um, he looked like old Rondo, which he hadn't nice looked like watch. that in a long I, I time. I didn't get to watch much basketball at all this week. Yeah, so they have been balling. Jimmy Butler – and here's the thing, like – the Celtics had an opportunity to get Jimmy Butler potentially in a trade. They would have had to give up like Jay Crowder and maybe one of this this number one pick or a potential uh, top pick in this draft from the Nets. They refused to do it. And right now, Jimmy Butler is balling, and they don't have like like Isaiah Thomas is dope, but he's five nine. Right, he's five nine, and in this series, they've been smothering him. So a couple of things I want to point out. One, part of the problem is, and I read this today, is that their guards for the Celtics are not rebounding. No one on the team is really rebounding, but the guards are not really rebounding. And for them to have a chance, they have to show more effort. So there were videos of, like, you know how when you play, when you are playing and a shot comes up and you just expect it to come to you, so you don't really throw right. any effort? There were several times where that type of thing happened to them, where they just got beat to the punch by more attacking Bulls guards. Um Two, outside of Isaiah, no one on that team scares you offensively, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm not afraid. Like, they're letting Marcus Smart Crowder. shoot all the three-pointers he wants. They're not afraid of Crowder. No. Horford, you're not afraid of. Olenek, you're not afraid of. So here's the thing I want to say. So there was a, uh, a little bit of a stir cause when Gordon Hayward came to play in Boston. The Boston fans applauded him when he was introduced because they want him to sign. He's going to be a free agent. Ah, okay. Brad Stevens, Butler connection. They're thinking yep. that they have a shot. That makes sense. I'm looking at that and I'm going, what makes you think getting Gordon Hayward is going to make you a title contender? Like, what makes you think that you can bre- beat the Cavaliers just by adding Gordon Hayward? Yeah, I don't think they're an all-star shooting guard away. I think they're more pieces than that. <laughs> well, it's I don't. It's not. They really. Um, so I've tried not to ascribe to the fact that you have to have a superstar, but they need a superstar. Yeah. And I know they look at Isaiah Thomas as a superstar. But when you get into these series where teams can say, we're going to exploit the fact that you're 5'9", yeah. like you need – like if they had Jimmy Butler, they would be absolutely crushing the Bulls right now. Oh, yeah. If they had Paul George, where they were rumored to get – and look, Gordon Hayward is a really nice player, but getting Gordon Hayward doesn't make you a t- – in the playoffs, it'll get you the number one seed. But when you have to face off against LeBron James, it's not going to put you over the top. Yeah, yeah. And even if they get the number one pick in this draft and they draft Markel Fultz, who's a, a, sco- a scoring combo guard, or they get Josh Jackson, right? Like, it still, to me, does not make The them. Celtics got the number one pick? They have. They own the Nets pick for the next two years. Wow. <laughs> Literally one of the worst trades. So when they did that Paul Pierce yeah. trade and uh, Ray – uh, not Ray, uh, Kevin Garnett, Yeah, they traded a bunch of first-round picks to make that happen for wow. aging. Not even prime Paul Pierce and KG, coming off their prime. Wow. It's one of the worst trades of all time. Yeah, it has to be. So, yeah, they own that. They have – the Nets, I think, have a top three chance at a number one pick. It would probably have a, a, a top three chance next year. So, even if you grab one of those guys in the first round, like, you're still not going to be a title contender because they're rookies. Like, they're not LeBron James. Or, or even Carmelo Anthony, like Carmelo Anthony changed the Nuggets' whole fate when they got drafted. So I don't know, man. Like, like I don't know. So real quick, I do want to say, as we close, and I might go a little bit over our time here on this one. One on one. So one thing I hear criticized about Russell Westbrook is that in the clutch or at the end of games, he goes one on one and he's not getting his teammates involved in crunch time when it matters. 
I need all these analysts and all these people who do sports radio to wake up to the reality that every team in the playoffs at the end of games plays one-on-one basketball. Yeah. At worst, they're going to do a pick and roll. There's isolation, yeah, at the end of every game. Like, if you go back and watch the Warriors take on the Cavaliers at the end of their game, when Steph Curry gets shut down by Kevin Love one-on-one, there's no, there's no ball movement. There's no player movement. They're all watching Steph try to make a play. People, this is how the game – and I hate I, – honestly, I hate it. I hate it. Like, I, I want to see more ball movement. I want to see some actual player movement to get your best player a better chance at a shot. Like, Paul Pierce complained about C.J. Miles taking the final shot. Well, the Cavaliers absolutely did the right thing. They ran two players at him. They left. They absolutely disrespected Lance Stevenson. And nothing is more disrespectful to me in sports than in basketball when someone says you're not important on offense. Right, right. Nobody came to get the ball from Paul George. Well, right, nobody came to get it. So they ran at him. He gets the ball to CJ. CJ got a good look at a shot, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and then he tried to get the ball back, but he would have been taking like a 30-footer with LeBron in his face. Right, right. And much has been made of the fact that Paul has Paul George has not made a a game-winning or tying basket in his entire career, which is crazy. So to take that the lead, he, I, think he, I think they said he was 0 for 15. To take the lead or to tie, he has not made a shot. And I get he wants the ball there, but again, it just would have been he would have been fading to his left with LeBron in his face, trying to hit a three pointer. But and I'm thinking, you know, guys, if you actually ran an offensive set to maybe get Paul George open, maybe you get a better shot. Yeah. There. So again, listen, that's maybe that's what I learned this week. Something that I already knew. No one runs offense to end games. The last three minutes of games are going to be. The biggest offense you're going to see at the end of a game is an out-of-bounds play. Pretty much. Pretty, that's, that's the most movement you're yeah, going to get. The most movement you're like, oh, you know, like actually drawing up anything is if you're underneath the basket or on the sideline is the out-of-bounds play. Yeah, yeah. And so I want to see some ball. I want to see some ball movement. I don't want to see one-on-one basketball. Get your teammates involved. Move them around. Get some ball movement, some player movement. And then maybe, just maybe, your first or second best scorer or shooter on your team will get a great look to tie or win a game. You know, so that's it for our basketball coverage, man. Hit us up. Tell us what you think. Go to um, twitter.com backslash brains and bars or facebook.com and search us on It's a Black and White Thing. And let us know what you think, man. Is ISO, ISO basketball at the end of games good for the game or not? You know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, coming up next, we got our final song of the evening. This is from the homie Reese Nichols. Hey, from the CEO of Ant Records. This is from his latest project called No Regrets. It was his first single. Um, it is called Day One featuring Pastor 83. Um, shout out to 83. I went to his church on Sunday. By the way, uh, black Hebrew Israelites protesting outside his church. Heard that. By the way. Yeah, it was, um, I thought they were like the Alpha, Theta, Omega. I hope I got that right. Like the Christian fraternity? Nah, nah. They had on purple shirts. And then, like, you know, I I could hear them yelling something, and they were kind of, like, chanting like, like it was 300, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, they, I heard him say something about the white man's religion. I was like, oh, oh, it's that kind of party. That's funny. Right. And I'm like, y'all ain't got nothing better to do. I mean, I guess the white man's religion, which I ain't got no church for y'all y'all self to be at today. But anyway, um, but shout out to them. Um, so, again, this is Reese Nichols. This is day one featuring Pastor 83 from his album, No Regrets. You can go to ampedentertainment.net or whatever uh, digital music is sold and go pick up his album, No Regrets. This is day one. Hey. Hey.
since the first day. Running in these streets, she knew I'm about it was me from the first day. Yeah, she my day one. I tell them mothers I'm done. Like nah, 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 nah. My day one, not a sending new thing. Yeah, we've been rocking for a minute. Didn't know in the beginning it would be quite like this. Uh, but as soon as I noticed, your boy hopped on it, had to put a ring on it. Told those others I'm done. I'm sorry it was fun, but I gotta move on. Baby girl, she the one. Yeah, she ain't like nobody else. Independent woman, but ain't afraid of the help. But the dudes try to holler, she play them to the left. I gotta keep her all to myself. What you know about it? First day. Hey, and we're back here on It's a Black and White Thing with A1 and A Ward. That joint you just heard was Reese Nichols, his first single from his latest project, No Regrets, Day One, featuring Pastor 83. Once again, you can go to wherever digital music is sold and cop that joint or go to ampregards.net. I've had to fight some people over Pastor 83 this past weekend. What? Not really fight, but uh, yeah, Loso and Promise basically told me that there's no way that Fast 83 is not 37 or 38 years old. <laughs> I said, have you seen this dude's face? That dude, He looks the, like he's like. He's been the same age since he was like 20. Like I posted in the group. Like I sent him a text. I was like, how old are you? Because my original thought that he was, he, he was 30. I thought he was a year younger than me. Nah, he's like um, close to my age. So he's 33. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a year younger than me because I remember at a point in time where I was just thinking to myself, like, man, this dude is like the same age as me and, like, the responsibilities that he had to take upon as becoming a pastor and stuff, like, I highly admired because I was like, dang, he's the same age as me. He's doing all this stuff, you know? So we're talking, you know, about labels and Christian hip-hop, you know, and it's like 83. Oh, no, he's at least 37, 38. No, he's not. No, nah, no, nah, no, no. Nah. I was like, he's like 30, 31. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, he's been pastoring though for, I think, 10 years, though. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he took over that church at 23, which is, that's wild. Wild. <laughs> like, look, I, I mean, I mean, look, I became a supervisor at 22. 22, I think. Yeah, yeah, 22. So, I mean, being in charge of, I mean, like, granted, like, me being a supervisor and, you know, if you if you believe or subscribe to Christianity and you know how much the weight that being a pastor, how heavy a responsibility that is to be that at 23. Like you're still a kid. Like yeah. you're you're not. Yeah. You're in your age. says I you're run an adult. a small group at 23. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nevertheless, pastor at church. Look, I sucked at being a supervisor at 22. And I was trying to you know, to lead people who were like in their 80s. You know, I'm the youngest person in my department when I become supervisor. So, again, man, like, yeah, like, shout out to him. And at some point, we I do want to have him on to talk about that journey because that is an incredible journey. His his testimony or his story, if you will, um, is it's heartbreaking. Um, it is um, a one of one who overcame a lot, um, and he's in a great place. So, shout out to 83, man. But yo, we're gonna get into this last segment, man. We're gonna talk NFL. As we get ready to get out of here, first of all, NFL, you suck because we should be having the NFL draft day two right now. <laughs> there is no good freaking reason for you to be holding the draft at the end of the month um, other than to just get on my last nerve. I mean, that I have a saying that I want to say, but I won't say on the air because my wife would be disappointed in me that I say when people get on my nerves. 
Um, but I'll tell you guys off air what that is. But, you know, it, when you don't have the draft on the third week of April, you have stories like this that pop up. Uh, and I sent this to you guys. hope you got a chance to check it out. Deshaun Kaiser, quarterback for Notre Dame, the school that I root for, um, he did an interview with USA Today, right, because Deshaun Kaiser has been one of the more picked apart and picked upon quarterbacks in this draft. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've heard uh, everything has been said about this dude, right? But to me, he's the quarterback with the best upside, with the best talent in the draft. He's six foot four, 230-pound guy, rocket arm. He's not a great athlete, but he's good enough uh, to, to, be, to excel in the league. And he did an interview, and there is a money – there are a couple of money quotes. I'm going to read these quotes. Um, the first one is starts he, – he's talking about his confidence, right? So he says, name a college quarterback who goes into the game plan meetings on Monday and throws his notes at the coaches. Josh Dobbs. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. He's our, I mean, granted, that was, he was off to a bad start on that. <laughs> no one else game plans the way I do. No one else prepares the way I do. No one else knows football the way I do. No one else is as big as I am. No one else is as powerful a runner as I am. Pat Mahomes might throw the ball 80 yards, another guy I'm really high on, and I can only throw the ball 72, but I guarantee he can't throw an out route the way I can. So that's the first quote, right? I mean, okay, cool, cool. He's trying to sell himself. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? So here's the one that, that got the pub, all right? So he goes on to say, no one else can do what I, what I can do, and I've truly figured out in this draft process if I can maximize all my potential in every aspect of the game. Now he stops. He goes, this is bold. I do have the ability to be the greatest quarterback to ever play. Imagine taking Tom Brady's intellect and Brady's prep- preparation and putting it on a guy with Cam Newton's body. Why can't I be the greatest? The only thing stopping me from me is wait, did I know I'm sorry. The only thing stopping me from it is me. That's what's driving me now. And so the quotes that got splashed all over social media and pro football talk and ESPN is Deshaun Kaiser says he has Tom Brady's brain and Cam Newton's body. You know, he had to know that he's saying that. You know, was gonna. That's what people were gonna take and clickbait and pull pull apart. I get what he's saying, but at the same time, it's just like. I mean, it's like it's like me saying, you know, look, if I really put my mind to it, I could work out and I could be the biggest guy and I could, you know, I could I could learn how to do karate and I could like I could like like he's saying like hypothetically, if I reach my potential in all of these different categories, well, yeah, hypothetically, if freaking. Mark Sanchez reached his potential in a whole bunch of categories. He could be a great quarterback, too. You know, like, I get the quote is saying that you have the drive, you know. Um, but from what I understand is that he has not been doing interviews. He has not been. Like, I read the article. He's been sheltered in a, in a sense of interviews and in a sense of going out and, like, really selling himself. And this is the first time that he's taken, like, a legit interview to talk about his draft stock and what he plans on doing. And to me, it just seems like he's just been holding in everything <laughs> that he's possibly wanted to say about what he can do. <laughs> and USA Today just got it all, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, so here's my thing. We, people in the media and fans, get on, get on athletes because they want honesty. 
They want to hear from them. They don't want to hear both teams play hard, my man. They don't want to hear, you know, um, well, if we execute and all the cliches that go around with, with athletes in sports, right? Then when an athlete comes out and says, why can't I be the greatest? Like, if I maximize my potential. Now, granted, he's not quite Cam Newton's size, right? He's 6'4", Cam Newton's 6'6", right. 250. He's only 220. Maybe at the worst, he'll end up. At Notre Dame, he got up to 240. So he may get up to 240 at some point in his career, right? But what is the issue with the guy saying, hey, I can be great. I can be the best. I can I, – I game plan – and Brian Kelly has come out and said this. Um, his former offensive coordinator says, yes, this kid goes into meetings with us and he's giving us his notes, like he's doing all this studying. So if he can't, what what is the problem with him being confident in his ability? And to be at that level, you have to be cocky. Like Travis Kelsey has even written about, I think in the Players' Tribune of, I have to psych myself into believing that no one can cover me, that no one that no one can beat me on my blocking assignment right. because if I don't have that type of confidence yeah. in myself, then I won't be able to perform. So these guys to be at that level have to have that mentality. He just happened to say it. I think what it comes from is just from uh, they finished 4-8. and eight. He finished with a worse in- completion percentage than he did the previous year. And it's like, why is all this confidence came in now? Like, was this confidence not there at the end of your first year? You know, like going into the second year, and how did that? How how did that do for you? Because it obviously, you obviously didn't have as good of a, you know, your your completion percentage and stuff like that. So why do we need to believe you? Well, that's the other part of the of the story that I don't think that in like you talk about context. And Deshaun tweeted out when the story, I think Pro Football Talk tweeted out that he said, "Hey, I have time." Uh, Brady's brain and Cam Newton's body. He, he goes, never said he had that. He said, right. I can have that. Right, right. <laughs> he And I, and that's what that, that's the thing I was taking from it, too, was that, you know, he was saying that I have the ability to have, to put in the type of work to have that type of intellect in that type of body. And, um, gosh, what I was getting ready to say. Oh, the other part of the story that's not told of Notre Dame season is the coaching staff did a horrible job last year. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely atrocious last year. Yes, he got benched. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but Brian Kelly just did not do a good job of managing the quarterback situation, managing the team as a whole. And as a result, there are a lot of games where it's kind of like the Tony Romo thing. If I put up 34 points, it's not my fault that the defense can't get a stop. Right, right, right. Like, it's not my fault. Yes, some of that is, you know, not being able to continue to put their foot on the gas. Yes, he had some bad body language. But when you're losing, again, we talk about this mental thing. It wears on you. Yeah. It wears on you when you're losing game after game after game when you feel like you should be winning, and not everyone's going to react to that well. Like, no one reacts to losing well, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, again, like I – I mean, we all know that, you know, your your record is, is not ever, like, you know, the tell-all when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. And to that point, Patrick Mahomes, 13 and 16 as a starter, and, I mean, by all accounts, the consensus on most of these scouts – have him going ahead of Desha- of Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. You know, so don't tell me about your record. Like Mike Glennon was never great at. Um, I saw somebody tweet. You know, um, Mike Glennon put up better college stats than you and look where he and look at him. And I'm like, yeah, he's getting 15 million dollars a year and he's a starter. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, so I, it doesn't that doesn't matter to me. Like, you know, um, Joe Flacco could make it at Pittsburgh. He had to go to Delaware. Like, that's not held against him. Yeah. You know, so it it. Tom Brady couldn't beat out Drew Henson. 
You know, so again, like what you do in college does not necessarily mean. Shout out to Josh Dobbs. And he's climbing the draft boards. Yeah, rapidly for some he reason. He is climbing. The, like, I've seen here lately, I've seen a lot of scouts talk about this, this guy could be a third-round draft pick. This year's Dak Prescott. This guy could be, it. like, if you want to get a develop, if you want to develop a guy that he's got the brains, um, he's got the drive, he has the character, and that all those things that outside of the brains and the character – Though drive is not quantifiable, right? Like you either you either have it or you don't. Like there's no he's a six. Like you don't have on Madden that he's a sixty in terms right. of drive, right? You know, but but again, shout out to Josh Dobbs, man, and I hope he makes it because I yeah, like Josh definitely. Dobbs. But yeah, man. So I mean, let us know what you think. Was Deshaun Kaiser out of line by saying I have the ability to be the best ever? I don't. I say no. So we're going to close the show because we are in Kansas City. Kansas City is the town. The NFL schedule. Was released yesterday. Too much, you know, fanfare and whatever. Because who really cares about games who are going to be played six months from now? Um, but I do want to go over the schedule real quick for the Chiefs, um, in part because they are opening up the season. So shout out to the Chiefs. They're going to open up the season at Foxborough Stadium Thursday night football against the champion Patriots, who are going to, I guess, by this time have found a place to hang their fifth banner because they're struck. They don't. They didn't. I guess anticipate themselves being champions this much, so they own they don't have a place to put this new championship banner. So they got to find a place to put it or take one of them down. <laughs> um, the fans would get a chance to finally cuss out Roger Goodell in person, um, and the Chiefs will take on on the Patriots. The homie Cotton said yesterday that that the Chiefs are, very, are going to win this game because that's what the Chiefs do. Right, that they win. Like a Chiefs thing. They win games, and then you you're focused to go what if because I do think if they face the Patriots last year, they win that game. I I actually a hundred percent agree with Cotton. Like that's just as being a Chiefs fan for thirty years, like that it's just what we do. We, yeah, they we, win the first game and then start one and three. Yeah, like <laughs> we 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 lose every game, but we beat a uh, undefeated Green Bay team. You know what I'm saying? Or, or and then we lose to uh, a playoff team who scores no touchdowns. You know, so we 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 do things like that. Um, so that's just the nature of the Chiefs. So I believe they will win that game. Yep, yep. So they got that to open the season. The thing that I want to focus on here is they have a stretch here that could potentially define their season. Right. So let me see. One, two, three, four, five. From week five through week nine. This is their schedule. At the Texans, Sunday night football. Home against the Steelers, maybe a national televised game because a 325 start. At the Raiders, uh, which is a Thursday night game. At the Broncos, and then culminating at the Cowboys, which seemingly every person in Kansas City is trying to go to this Cowboys game. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> trying to go to this Cowboys game. But that's a stretch where, again, that could completely define their season. You got – those are all playoff teams, except for the Broncos. So four out of the five are playoff teams, two of them on the road, at least three, maybe four national televised games. Most primetime games out of any team. Word? Yeah, I heard that on ESPN last night. Six primetime games for the Chiefs, most um, out of any NFL team. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots to start the season, Redskins 730, Texans 730, Raiders 725, and Broncos 725. Okay, so maybe it's five, but yeah. Nah, they got the Chargers at the um before the week before Christmas. Hmm. So they have them at, at the 725 game. So, I mean, yeah, dude, like they have a lot, and not to mention that they might get flexed if they're good enough. 
Like, you know, if let's just say they, they finish at the Broncos, no, that's a C. Well, I don't know because I, I feel like they have a lot of ESPN, NBC. So it depends because I know you can only be on those other networks so many times, right, before the, the like your home channel says you can't do it. Right, like we, right, right, right. You can't take them anymore. But, yeah, like to me that's the heart of their schedule. That's gonna, that could potentially define their season right there. And, I mean, a lot of tough – the Giants at the Giants. First of all, sh- let me sidetrack. Shout out to Eli Manning, who I've been calling a fraud on the field, proving to be a fraud off the field. <laughs> and just like in real life, everyone giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I mean, that is that is that not Eli's career in a nutshell? He's a fraud. People give him the benefit of the doubt, and somehow he get he walks he walks away with thousands of dollars for fake memorabilia. That that to me that sums up his career. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But, yeah, man, but, I mean, shout-out to the Chiefs. They got a bunch of primetime games. Normally when this happens to them, they suck when they get a bunch of primetime games. So hopefully that's not the case. I mean, anything with you, that you see looking at the schedule that jumps out to you? Um, No, not necessarily. Not anything that we haven't already hit on. Um, uh, The primetime games is really what I was focusing on. The uh, They start off with an away game and they end the season on an away game, correct? Yep, and I think that Raiders game might – be Mexico City? I have to double check. I know they were talking about uh, the rumor was that the Chiefs might end up in Mexico City, which if they do... I'll say this much. I will enjoy every bit of footage of Marshawn Lynch in Mexico City that I'm able <laughs> to watch. <laughs> well, they haven't. I, I, that's still not a done deal. Right. They're still working on that. They're still working on that, but man, I don't... That dude has been enjoying life so much. He was ghost riding the camel. Yeah. You know, he's in Scotland. He's he's on Conan O'Brien. Like, why come back and get beat up? <laughs> For what, bro? Like, enjoy your career. For the bay, bro. I bay guess, area, man. man. I guess, man. Um, I guess. But, yeah, man, anything else you want to mention before we call it a, call it a show? Uh, no, man. Um, I'm ready for football. I'll say that much. I'm straight. I, I got the play NBA playoffs. To keep well, warm. I'm ready for better NBA playoffs. I'm ready for, like, give me a couple weeks, you know. These games have been good, though. A lot of these games have been, like, you Man. were too busy. You were <laughs> the, too busy dude, with, the with. Golden State won by 30 without Okay, but KD. that's one game. Without that's, KD. That's one game. No, but, like, the first Bulls-Celtics game was really good. The first portland uh probably game was good for about three quarters. Um, Jazz-Celtics went, or jazz Clippers went to the buzzer um, in game one. Yeah. Like, it was a bunch of really good games to start. Off I did the watch the end of that Cavs-Pacers game, and, like, what's wild is to think, like, if that shot would have went in and then, you know, they would have had – and then they dropped a 30-point lead or whatever. Man, it's just wild. LeBron is a beast, man. He is a beast. Like, he is an absolute monster, bro. Like, when that dude gets rolling, like, go back and watch – the 2012 Game 6 against the Celtics, when he looked like a complete psychopath, no emotion on his face. I think he only missed one shot the first half. He had, like, almost 30 points in the first. Like, he was a monster. Like, it was no other way to put it. it was, he stole their soul. They still had a Game 7 to play, and the series was over. But, yeah, man, but shout-out to the Cavaliers. My homie Mike Jones. Who? <laughs> I, that was an alley oop. I laid that. I, I laid that out there. My homie Mike Jones. I said who to somebody else today, and I was, you know, my homie Cole DeRoos, man. Shout out to Cole DeRoos. <laughs> but yeah, but he um he tweeted me as I left the radio station, like, yo, the Pacers out here pacing, man. They putting it on them boys. I said, man, these dudes gonna blow this lead. <laughs> I said they gonna blow this lead. 
And then he was like, you might be right. And he said, nah, when they went back up 20, he was like, nah, they got it. I said, bro, bro. And it's sure enough, man. But, but yeah, man, but shout out to you guys for listening to us. Um, give us some feedback, man. Let us know what you think about anything we talked about tonight from battle rap to football to baseball. Not baseball. We didn't hit baseball. No. But NBA, um, hit us up on anything you think. Again, at Brains and Bars on Facebook and um, inst- I'm gonna say Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Snapchat, IamAward.com um, for all. You can find everything there that he's done, that he's got going on. Shout out to the homie Trent Clear Ear Media for holding us down each week. Um, AmpedEntertainment.net once again. Again, go support all the artists that you heard today, man. These guys are really good guys. Um, they put out some dope stuff. Um, go support them. And I think that's about it for us, man. Also, if you have an Android, first of all, I feel sorry for you, but at least you can go listen Settle. to you can go listen to the podcast on Google Play. At least you have that much going for you. So again, go search it's a black and white thing on Google Play. Download, subscribe, uh, share it. The tell a friend and tell a friend it's them again. And until next time, man, it's been a black and white thing, man. We holler at y'all next week. Deuces. <laughs>